Welcome to the Teams with Edge podcast with me, your host, Ashley Livingstone. I'm an entrepreneur, leader, passionate community advocate, and at the end of the day, I'm a human being who loves to learn, be creative, and who admittedly makes mistakes along the way. Over the past 18 years, I've worked with a lot of leaders and teams, and while many have thrived, some have faltered or even become well, toxic. And I've realized this is not unique to me. In fact, we've all been there. So I'm on a mission to help leaders become the leaders they want to be, to create a thriving, sustainable culture, which inspires their team and helps them and their businesses succeed. This show will offer insights and interviews with various like-minded leaders who are all inspiring their teams, having those uncomfortable conversations, investing in development, and building a culture of gratitude and value. They're making an impact every day. My goal is to motivate you to think about the type of leader you most desire becoming and inspire you to connect, engage, and develop your teams ultimately showing up for them so they show up for you building intentional conscious leadership we can totally do this all right let's go there you go welcome everyone to this week's episode of teams with edge i have a very special guest with me today i have alex gilbert she is a New Yorker, a Mets fan, which we're not going to hold against her, and a yogi and a brunch enthusiast. She also has dyslexia and ADHD. After spending her career working in leadership development, she decided to start a consulting and coaching business, which supports adults with learning disabilities and ADHD like herself, who have been struggling in their careers. Her business, Capable Consulting, was created to help them navigate their day-to-day workloads so they feel supported and are able to reach their highest potential. Alex, welcome. This is such a unique and important business you've created. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And yes, it is a very (laughs) innovative business and I'm glad that I was able to create it. Yeah. So tell me, like, fill us in about how you created this business and what your vision is for it. So I was about eight years old when I was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. And that was really my privilege because when our school district wouldn't pay for any kind of testing or even provide any resources, my parents had the means to get testing and then moved us to a brand new town that had all kinds of resources. So I had resources all the way through college and succeeded, you know, as much as you can succeed with having a disability in a world that is not accommodating. And so everyone thought, oh, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. And when I started working, really wasn't fine because all of the resources that were provided were for school. I didn't know how to advocate for myself in the workplace. I was really stressed about any kind of accommodations I needed to ask for or could I ask for, was I entitled to, I w- my mental health struggles, you know, really struggled. I was a mess, to put it mildly. And I had been working in program leadership development for over a decade. And 
I finally stopped and was saying, you know, I'm doing this with the lens of someone who has dyslexia and ADHD. Why am I doing this for other people? <laughs> Why can't I do this for a population that I understand and that really needs it? And I had that in the back of my mind for a very long time and COVID happened and I was laid off from my job. And I looked at my husband, I was like, okay, now's the time. He's like, now's the time. Like, let's go. Let's, let's make this happen for you. And that's one of the things that I would say is also very characteristic of someone who has dyslexia and ADHD. We make things happen. You just do it. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And you know, I think COVID has kind of given some of us, I'm not like using this as a blanket statement, but there have been little gifts, right? And yes, maybe without this, it would have taken you longer to, to start this business. You know, yes, I absolutely think that that was, if I'm going to take something light of, of a much bigger global issue that we're still facing, that would definitely be it. And I was thinking about um, as I said, I've been thinking about this. I'd actually been thinking about this since I was 16, but I had really been putting my head down and putting myself in positions that I was really good at my job, but I was so burnt out, was so exhausted. And I was miserable because I was constantly doing jobs that I was overcompensating for. And it was actually during COVID. I don't know if you had gotten so bored. I did, but there was these like little Instagram games that was here's a spinning thing over your head. And it would ask you random questions. And I had one, I did it. And I was like, okay, someone was asked what their favorite food was. What was their first car? I was like, those are easy. I didn't get the easy questions. Oh, I no. got, I got, who's um, your biggest influence? What's your favorite characteristic of yourself? What's your dream job? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I need to put this down because I can't answer it. And the reason I couldn't answer those questions was because I didn't want to answer those questions because I knew I wasn't living any of those things. And so the I'm spinning saying, wheel went deep on you. It really went very deep. And I'm just, as I said, I'm not, I'm not looking to say that COVID was a blessing in any way, but I think what came out of it for a lot of people was this internal conversation you were having with yourself to say, am I happy? Am I in the right place mentally, physically, emotionally? what needs to change to make me better. Yeah. I love that. The, the, what needs to change and it's not always, you know, it's external and internal factors, mm -hmm. right? So you'd said something earlier about, you know, when you were working and the skills that you felt you didn't have about, and you were stressed about advocating for yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm that like really stuck out at me. And I'm wondering like, why? What was the big piece that was holding you back in that aspect? So here's the thing. I've always been an incredible advocate for myself. And again, I really think that's due to my parents teaching me, you know, to speak up for myself when something wasn't working for me and talking to my teachers and really putting myself in the right mindset. The difference was I had learned how to advocate for myself in school settings. I knew how to talk to teachers. I knew how to talk to professors. I didn't know what those accommodations look like in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So for example, I would get extra time on tests or I would have a separate testing location or something would get read to me. 
what does that look like in the workplace and how can I advocate it without my bosses thinking like she can't do her job? And a lot of people that I speak to don't really like to mention that they have a learning disability or ADHD because they think that they're going to be seen less than for all of those reasons I just mentioned. I was a little different in the sense that I was more than happy to share. I actually shared on every job interview I ever had that I was dyslexic and ADHD and had ADHD because I think I was so unique and had so many other skills that other people didn't have. But again, the not knowing how to communicate my needs in this setting was really the challenge. And I was also faced with setbacks when I did. You know, I'd asked for in this open office setting, I'd asked for noise canceling headphones. And my boss told me no. He said, if you're in this setting and we need to talk to you and you're wearing headphones, it's rude. And, you know, I could have pushed back, but here I am 22 years old. I didn't know. I didn't know what my rights were to say, actually, you can give me headphones and like, this is not rude. Yeah. Here's how I'm actually going to be a better employee and a better team member to you Correct. by having this, um, not even accommodation, just like, here's what I need. And I actually would say as somebody who has worked in an open office setting, it's distracting with everyone talking. I don't know really how anyone gets anything done when there's, you know, for all of us who've probably had our kids at home or partners at home during COVID right. trying to work, I think, I think we all know now how blessing uh, noise canceling headphones are. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. And that's one of the things that's like the consulting part of my business is how I'm trying to help companies make such little differences in their accommodations and their conversations and their communication styles for their employees, because on a whole, it makes it better for everyone. You know, I use this example of you have a door and you have a ramp to your door. It's now accessible by someone in a chair. It's now accessible by, you know, someone who has a stroller or a walker or whatever the case is. It's accessible by someone who's able-bodied and has no issue walking through the door. If you do something like providing noise-canceling headphones for all of your employees, it's exactly what you said. Everyone is going to do better because they have the ability to close it off when they need to, but also have a conversation when they need to. If you provide different resources like a quiet space in your office for when it is too distracting and other things, other people are going to use it, but it also makes it easier for the person who has a learning disability or ADHD to not have to push so hard to say, I need these resources and I don't wanna be seen as different. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, even the quiet rooms or uh, meditation or yoga studios or those sorts of things that are being, you know, we have businesses that are boasting that they have pool tables and game rooms and all of these things. It's like, okay, that's like stimulation. Right. (laughs) Right? You need the opposite too. The opposite too. Yeah. That's such an interesting piece that, you know, people attribute like a good workplace as like a fun place to work Mm. but it could also be like a mindful place to work or a calm quiet productive place to work and it can have both yeah it absolutely can but I think one of the best scenarios regardless of whether it's a fun place or a mindful place is really an open dialogue place because if you're 
if you're working with colleagues or your manager or your boss or whatever the case is, and you discuss your needs and they discuss theirs and you figure out a way to make things better for both of you, those are places that you're going to succeed because you feel supported and you're also supporting somebody else's needs. And so it is this community feeling that is really for the betterment moving forward. And I think that's also huge for, um, for companies to do. Yeah. So let's talk about that open communication because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think that you are alone and in the work that you do, you know, you're not alone in holding back your challenges because you don't want to be seen as less than or not capable. Mm -hmm. And so what can, how, what needs to happen? Like what needs to happen from a leadership side, but also colleagues to, to create that space of openness. So it's really interesting that you mentioned it. And as you were talking, you and I were talking earlier about your son, I was thinking that's one of the things that's made these conversations easier right now is that because of COVID and because people have been working from home and because everything has been so in flux, these conversations are happening regardless of whether you have a disability or not. It might be happening because you have kids at home. It might be happening because you're taking care of a sick one a sick relative who has COVID or, you know, can't get to work or whatever the case is, these, this open dialogue's already happening. What can I do to help you? I know this is not a good hour for you. Can we shift it? I really think it's being open to understanding people as a whole and understanding that work is not necessarily, you know, their whole life, that there is a whole person there. There's a whole life there. There is if you are providing these types of um, open conversations and open dialogue, that person's going to feel much more comfortable and also likely have better mental health um, relationships with themselves and with their coworkers. They might be setting up boundaries that are different and your, and your office can set up boundaries. Your boss can set up boundaries and say, you know what, this is what time my kids go to sleep or this is what time I really can't focus and I can't have meetings at this time. It doesn't matter what the reasoning that you're sharing it as long as you're sharing it. Yeah, I think that that's another one of those things over the last 18 months, we've actually all started to see each other as more Mm -hmm. human. Yeah. Right? Like, whereas somebody may have a learning disability and struggle on that end and someone, someone else might have some stress and mental health issues that are really impacting them right now. There's others that, yeah, their kids are home, their partners are home. You know, they've got a new puppy because that seemed to happen a lot over <laughs> as well. Yeah, but like it did here life, too. life merged into one, right? Your home life and your work life became almost one. And I do think it opened people's eyes a bit more in how there there is a whole person there. You can't car. I can't even say that word. Compartmentalize. You can probably compartmentalize. Say yeah. yeah. Compartmentalize. I don't know why. I don't even know why I tried to say that word because I know I can't say it. Um, right. You like bucket off your life and it's like, I go to work and I'm this person. And then I come home and I'm this person. Well, they just like smashed into one. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot with my clients is, is setting those boundaries. You know, 
for me, that was one of the things that I think I learned most about myself during COVID when I was working was I always thought that I needed to work nine to five. That was what I was told. That's what her office hours were. You know, I should be available at those times. But I realized I was actually not focused nine to five. I was better at 10. I was better at two. I was, you know, every day was different and I needed to be able to make those adjustments and I needed to be able to find what worked for me. And that was part of my boundaries of, you know what, I'm not setting meetings for these times. And you know what, I'm not answering my email at 11 p.m. at night. And that's okay. Just because it's easier to do that, just because your computer is in the other room, doesn't mean you need to be sitting there. Yeah. I'm hearing a couple of things that I really love and I love talking about it. Boundaries and also like being more results oriented, right? Mm-hmm. We, we used to have, and maybe in some industries you still do that punching the clock, right? The nine to five, you know, you're, we only know you're getting work done. If we see your butt in the chair from this time to this time, and it, it actually just creates, you know, people just sitting there and like making work for themselves right? and not necessarily being overly productive. Whereas when you have a goal or you're aiming for certain results, but you have the flexibility to do it when you are at your best and you still have deadlines, right? There's still accountability along with it. That just like opens up a whole world of possibility. For sure. And I think that's actually why some of the people who I've spoken to who have ADHD are actually thriving in these scenarios. Not not everyone that I've spoken to has really thrived in this scenario. And I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. But the people who are, are having those times where they can work when they need to. But one of the superpowers that I always talk about with people who have a learning disability or ADHD is someone who has ADHD has this ability to hyper-focus. Sometimes it works for your for the moments that you want. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it turns into a three hour spiral on social media and you don't even know where you land. But other times it could be, I'm sitting here for three straight hours. I haven't moved, but I've gotten an entire three days worth of work done right now. And it didn't matter if I was sitting there at 9am, I could have done this at 10 o'clock at night. That's when I went to my hyper-focused stage and I knew I could do it that flexibility has been amazing. The people who I've worked with who have really struggled during this time are the ones who were looking for structure and didn't have it anymore because they didn't have a place to go and they didn't have the structure of their meetings or someone telling them what to do all the time. And they had to really learn themselves. And that's one of the packages that I do is like getting to know you. And I think that's the most important thing you can do regardless of whether you have an ADHD or a learning disability or you don't is getting to know yourself, getting to know when those peak moments are, getting to know when your low moments are, getting to know yourself and knowing when you walk away. You know, those little aspects of um, your day impact your week, your month, your year, and how you feel, you know, less burnt out through all of this. Yeah. And I, it's so interesting, right? I always joke that I'm not a morning person and I'm not really a night person. Like I peak right in the afternoon Perfect. and and I need a sandwich, right? Like (laughs) I know, but that's the thing. I know that about myself. Yeah. Um, You know, I, I know I need to eat, 
which seems like obvious, but like how many times but it's not at our desk and you get into a work list and next thing you know, it's five o'clock and you're like, why am I dizzy and tired? So for me, I'm super careful about planning out my mornings to set my day up and mm-hmm. honestly building in times that I eat. Like that's just so important and making sure like I right now you can't see this, but I am surrounded by cups. <laughs> Because I, I know a, I'm not going to get up and refill. Um, so I, and, yeah, <laughs> I keep cups all over the place because I'm like, I'm thirsty all the time. Um, and I know I need to drink the water to keep me going. So yeah, just knowing what you, where you're peaking is so, so important. And two, you know, the time blocking, mm-hmm. you know, I've really learned for myself And I coach my team around this as well is, you know, utilizing that calendar as best you can, right? So if you are somebody who needs that structure, you can actually give it to yourself by building it out into your calendar a bit. For sure. And I think that works for a lot of people. And that's actually goes kind of with my coaching method is I look at this as best principles versus best practices. Best practices assumes that everyone could do the exact same thing and end up with the same result. Structure time in their calendar. That works for me. It's going to work for you. Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Best principles, meaning we have the same goal of finding that structure for yourself, but how we get there is going to be up to you. Finding those peaks in your day, finding what structure looks like for you so that we can build around it and make sure that we're organizing it in a way that's sustainable and attainable for you. Because if it's not, you're going to keep trying 700 other things and then feel like you're the failure because it worked for everybody else who has ADHD or it worked for everybody else who was a parent or whatever the case is that you were specifically looking for that checkbox and it doesn't work for you. It's because you are not listening to you. Yeah, that's so important. And and from a leadership side of things, so if you're a leader and you are trying to support someone on your team who has dyslexia or ADHD or other learning disabilities, what can those leaders be looking? Like, how do leaders develop their skills to support? So I think one, it depends on if the person is open to even talking about their disability. And I'll say for myself, that was me. Someone who has dyslexia can see big picture and the little details all at the same time. They're really out of the box thinkers. Um, Someone who has ADHD, I mentioned, could hyper-focus. They could be ultra-creative. I mean, there's a number of different skills that they're really good at, and sometimes allowing them to have the space to do that, think differently, is where they can be innovative. Sometimes where it gets them in trouble is they tend to speak out of turn, Um, because they'll see something that just doesn't make sense. It's not efficient and they could see it much quicker. It's like chess, you see 10 steps ahead. No one else is seeing that. But if you are allowing them to say like, okay, I understand you think differently. Like, tell me what you're seeing and how we get there. Um, that helps giving them the space to explore that is important. I, one of my former bosses, um, I was so set in doing something exactly as she wanted me to do it. And I wanted to do it perfectly because I was so afraid of stepping out of the box and being seen as stupid or different or that I wasn't capable of my job. 
And she finally said, let go of the reins. What do you think? And I was like, really? I can, I can do that? And she said, please, for the love of God, tell me what you think, because I can't watch you do this structure and be so rigid all the time. And that to me was like exactly what I needed to change a lot of the programming that we were doing and be, again, much more efficient, um, much more um, accommodating, but also really think of a whole user from beginning to end of what their experience was because we weren't just focused on the end result. And so it, that's what's still there. And I'm really glad that she said, okay, you do you tell me what you think. Yeah. That's having that freedom, right. Or just maybe it's the, like, I don't want to say being let off the hook, but just it's that, that freedom to really get to use, like you said, your superpowers. And I think yeah. that in most cases, like people want to be seen and heard, they want the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I find when we, we see people who are being held back, now they have that fear or they believe that they're not capable because they've been told it over and over and over again. So how do you work with people to shed probably 30 years worth of you can't into you totally can? Yeah. You know, I, I actually wrote about this during mental health awareness month because I've struggled so much with my own um, mental health, but my anxiety and my fear of failure and all of those things that you're mentioning, because pretty much for as long as I can remember, I've been called stupid, useless, lazy, um, just to name a few by teachers, by, you know, by people who should be in roles of encouragement that were not, and weren't seeing me as a whole person. And I always say, you have to start with your origin story and, and really kind of, again, go back to getting to know you, getting to know what those triggers were so that we could really talk to that person at that point and say, is this really how you feel about yourself? You know, this fourth grade teacher of mine was six foot two. It was a guy, he would take me outside at, at like in the middle of class and start screaming at me to the point where like, the kids in my class could still hear. And I thought to myself, what would you say to nine-year-old you who was being spoken to in this way? And I would say, let's talk in here. Do you believe that you are stupid? No. What do you see in yourself? What are you good at? What are you exceptional at? Because not everyone is good at, you know, school. And that's not the only qualifier in life. So, you know, it was, I would have done things like that, but really that's what I do with my clients is help them talk to themselves in a much more positive light and really see what was there is amazing. Yeah. I would have never seen that I was, you know, such a great problem solver. If, if I listened to all of those words, I would have never seen that it was an amazing multitasker. I would have never seen, I could name a hundred things. And, um, that's, really because one of a great therapist, but two, because I really spent many years trying to, um, be a better version of myself. Yeah. It's, you know, I talk to a lot of people who talk about unlearning, right? Mm -hmm. It's that you have to unlearn all the crap 
<laughs> right. Taught to you. Yeah. Uh, whether on purpose or not. Um, but it's an unlearning, I think, that you have to go through. And it's probably, it's messy and it's hard. And I think that that's often, unfortunately, why people don't do it because it is messy and it's uncomfortable and it's not, it's not an overnight thing. Um, right. I think you nailed it right on the head. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I talk to people about all the time is that when they're coming to me and they say they're looking for someone to help them reorganize and create structure, I really want to pull that brains back because it's not necessarily about organizing and creating structure, why can't they figure out what the structure is for themselves? A lot of people have been, I think society puts a lot of people in boxes and say, this is the only way for success. And when you, again, let go of the reins and think outside of the box and allow yourself to think outside of the box, you're going to be more productive. You're going to be happier. You're going to be less burnt out. You're, but all of these take steps and little steps make a big difference. And that's what makes it sustainable and attainable. And I never want to make anybody feel overwhelmed by all of those pieces, because a lot of people with ADHD, including myself, get what we call analysis paralysis. There's so many decisions. There's so many layers of this. I'm not looking to put the whole plate out there. I'm looking to say, what's one thing you can do right now? Yeah. And let's build. Yeah. The micro habits, right? Like mm -hmm. really breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Um, I think that's, you know, a really great tool and, you know, it's interesting and I'd love to hear, you know, how is this work that you've been doing? And I know like for yourself, it's been fantastic, but mm -hmm. how, how are you seeing this transform, um, team members, leaders, and, and even the workplace? So I'll, I'm going to think of a, a few different clients that I have been working with. And one in particular, she just started a brand new job. She, for the first time, was talking about her ADHD in the workplace. That was not something she had chosen to do before. And her boss was incredibly receptive and hired her because she had ADHD and told her that. She said, I was really impressed the fact that you shared it. And I was really impressed with the idea of having somebody who thought differently at our table. And that to me was unbelievable. And I wish that was the conversation that was happening more because she's amazing at her job. And she has brought so many innovative pieces to her work that if she had been in other jobs that wasn't so toxic or that, that were stifling her and in those ways, you know, look how little she did there and look how much she's doing yeah, now. Like what a waste of talent before. What right? a waste of talent. And that's, and that's one of the things, like I was, I was even sought out for some of my jobs because of my dyslexia and ADHD. And I think that's something that we should be talking about. You don't want everybody who is exactly the same in cookie cutter at your table. There's no innovation. There's no change. There's nothing new. And that's really the, the changes that I've seen. Yeah. I like want to be like, yes, yes, yes. This is all fantastic. Exactly. Right. Because I personally left a job where they wanted Stepford wives. Do you remember that oh, movie? God. Yes, of course. I remember that movie. <laughs> um, I know it, it, very it, creepy. It, it traumatized me. And because yes. I, I, during that time I was like, 
oh my goodness, that's what I am. Um, right. You would go to, we all had to be anyway, we all had to be this and yeah, breaking free from that was just so liberating. And now when you can like surround yourself by so many unique, different types of people, it's really, I, I personally see in my business, how we need the creative, you need the super rational and logical you need. And, um, you know, the you need the type A. Masker. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just need that. And, and I, I am a bit type A, a bit super creative. Like I go off on tangents sometimes and then leave my team messages like, Hey, here's like my brain dump right now. Um, right. I'm hoping one of you can do something with this. Right. Right. <laughs> because but it's not making sense in my head. <laughs> no, but that's, and, and that's what a whole team environment is about. I think a lot of people do this like Meyer Myers-Briggs mm. personality test, and they're trying to figure out how to communicate with people. I'm not saying that's necessarily the best way to go about it. I think people should know themselves a little bit more as they're moving on in their career to be able to say, this is how I think and how I communicate and how I learn. But just that in general, you have to have a whole well-rounded team to make things move. And it's okay if they have a disability. It's not necessarily a disability. It's an ability that somebody else doesn't have. And that's like how I really try and go about this. Yeah. It doesn't affect your intelligence. It actually, some of the most incredibly talented, brilliant people have dyslexia and ADHD. Most entrepreneurs are dyslexic and have ADHD. It's think of all of that change and think of all the, all the um, environments in which we can make things better. Yeah. And I, I love, you know, kind of as we, we wrap up, I think the key message to everyone, you know, whether you have a disability or not, it's just celebrating, getting to know yourself, mm -hmm. how you work best and celebrating your superpowers, right? Yeah. And, and trying, you know, if you are a leader of an organization or a team, creating that environment of open communication where everyone can celebrate each other's superpowers. That, that collaboration rather than the, you know, pillared work where nobody, you know, interacts or, you know, the comparison, like we should be integrating, collaborating and celebrating each other's uh, superpowers and, and leveraging that for better success in business. I, you just wrapped that up in a perfect little bow. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly what I want people to take away from this conversation. So that's yeah. perfect. Thank you. And so Alex, where can people um, get to know you more? Um, I know you have like a free declutter offer. So share that with everyone. So you can find me at Cape. I spell capable the way I see it because I'm dyslexic. It's Cape Able. So capableconsulting.com or you can find me on Instagram at I am capable or Capable Consulting on Facebook and LinkedIn. And that's, again, I spell it C-A-P-E, Able, Capable. Um, and yes, you did mention, I do this thing called Declutter Your Mind Session. This is a full-on brain dump. Tell me everything that you're stressing about, you wanna rethink, organize, and we decompress, and then set it up in a way that makes the most sense to you. And it's free, it's for 30 minutes, and I'd love for you to reach out to me and. Let me help you 
see the better version of you. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And I am so happy that we uh, had this conversation and uh, go Blue Jays. Oh, that's how you're ending. Come on. <laughs> okay, let's go. go. Good, let's go. Back. Let's go. All back. right. <laughs> thanks, Alex. All right. Thanks for having me. What might be holding you back from becoming the leader you know you can be? Whether it's conflicting priorities, time, or maybe you just need a little guidance, there's hope. You can do it. If you're interested in creating a team that thrives, reach out. Let's chat about what we can do together. I'd also love to hear from you about this podcast, about your challenges and successes as a leader. We can learn together how to inspire each other and build the culture we want in our work and ultimately our lives. So connect with me through Instagram. You can find me at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-E dot Livingstone, L-I-V-I-N-G-S-T-O-N-E, or reach out by email at ashley at ourforte.ca. And remember, there's always two E's at the end of my name.